This is our Fantastic Four Called It special. So we're going to talk Fantastic Four because you know what? Sometimes some movies just deserve this kind of airtime. And this is definitely not one of them. So it's a special occasion. Just want to fix my friends. You can't fix this. Nobody can. That alone was so very foreboding. Let's uh, let's start it off with, uh, and you can read it, with uh, Josh Trank's tweet regarding the movie. Josh Trank is the director of the movie, by the way. So when... Someone tweets this kind of information out there and deletes it right away. You know there's something going on. Uh, Josh Trank tweeted a year ago, I had a fantastic version of this and it would have received great reviews. You'll probably never see it. That's reality, though. And then when someone tweeted, I love print screen or something like that. So they print screened it, of course. (laughs) It's everywhere. I don't know where he thought that this would just, you know, disappear. But uh, yeah, that that's what you got from Josh. I will say this, and um, this is, I don't want to put this solely on him. Chronicle, I thought, was a really good movie. It was a really good reimagining of the genre, and I felt it was almost inspired. I do think that he was more than capable of making a good Fantastic Four movie. After he sent this tweet out, there's been a lot of insiders going to different sources saying that a big part of the problem was the studio interfering with the original movie that he wanted to make. Supposedly, like, a couple days before they started filming, there were these really three big action set pieces that he really wanted to have, and they cut the budget and they removed them. So there was a lot of reports that he had a lot of erratic behavior on set while they were making the movie, and I have a feeling a lot of this um, was due to the frustration he had with the studios, and maybe he just didn't know how to handle it um, correctly and and supposedly even like the editing of the movie was taken away from his hands and they did massive reshoots for the third act of the movie which you can clearly tell when you're watching the movie because there is no third act it's the second act kind of just leads in and, and you get into like this weird like five minute third act and then it doesn't even mix well with the rest of the movie so i don't want to put it completely on him we'll never know the exact story but i think the studio had a lot to do with it as well I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think the problem is that some people seem to forget that Chronicle isn't what you'd call a huge movie. I almost would see that as an indie film. It's such a small little film. Think of it. Think of what went into that. You know what I mean? Like then you start to sort of wrap your head around what drastic changes occurred when he went from doing this to Fantastic Four, which was was a big studio movie. They interviewed Max Landis, who's the guy who wrote he wrote Chronicle, and um. He basically summed it up. He said that on Chronicle, it was because it was such a small indie kind of movie, Josh Trank had complete control 
really and he didn't have any studio people bumping bumping into him and telling him what to do which was the complete opposite on Fantastic Four so you take this kid who has complete control over this movie you put him in a huge movie with a lot writing on it with all these studio heads writing up his butt like I, I think that had to that was a big chunk of why we got what we got I think um, it's it's the best way to explain it. It just makes sense. I I can only guess he was enraged by people telling him that, hey, you're going to listen to us as well, you know, because it's the thing. Being a big director these days means that you either have enough power that the studios don't do anything but kiss your ass or you're just going to be constantly battling with them. But you have to learn how to negotiate, and that's, that's probably something that happened here that he granted, couldn't negotiate. That's what I'm saying. Granted, he probably there was probably a lot. Um, There's probably different ways he could have handled himself and, and handled it. Like um, th- supposedly, the reason why he was fired from Star Wars was because of his behavior on this movie. So even you know, like I th- when you're in that position, I think you kind of just have to go with with the flow and just try to make the best possible movie you can make. Cause if not, it could jeopardize and it has jeopardized his career in the future. You know, I, I, I don't wish anything bad on anybody. So I really hope he's able to bounce back and, and get his career going again. But, um, fantastic four is definitely not helping. I, I think the thing is, I am just pretty damn glad he's, he has nothing to do with star Wars as messed up as that I, I, I agree. I agree. I don't think he's ready for the big, the big time. Big I time. think I think he needs to kind of go back and um, re- regroup and, and come out with another small indie movie like like Chronicle and, and kind of he basically needs to restart his career, um, which I think he's capable of. It's just it it all depends on on how he handles himself, you know. Yeah. So it's time to bring in the pirate because we have big, big, big spoilers. Yar, there be spoilers here. All right. So let's talk about the film. And tell me what you hated and what you loved, because you saw this opening day. I saw it by other means, and <laughs> I still hated it. All right, so I'll tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I try to stay positive. I'm gonna tell you what I liked. Um, the first. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be generous here. Just give me, give me a second, because it might take a little bit. Okay. I really liked the first. Okay, I didn't really like. I liked the first act of the movie really liked this overstepping. I, I liked the first act of the movie, um, the, about the first 40 minutes. I liked the new take on the origin that they that they gave him. It felt... The first part of the movie really feels small. It feels like an indie movie, which I thought was really cool. Super 8-ish, yeah. A lot of people right, were saying that, that. Dude, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching the movie. I was like, this feels like Super 8. Even like the, visually, like the, the, the way that they shot it. And, and then the problem with the movie is that this is what the entire movie is. It's a slow buildup of an origin story where nothing really happens. And I really feel like the entire movie is kind of just an extended act one and maybe a little bit of an act two. Um, so I liked the origin take on it. And that's about all I liked. So let me tell you everything that I liked in a negative way. In other words, things <laughs> I didn't like. So... Everything I did, everything just started falling apart from the beginning. Like the problem with origin stories is that unless you give enough detail, they don't make sense. You think why is why is this guy a genius? You know what I mean? They they make him out to be this genius who made a teleporter, and you know you're like, okay, but how? Where did this come from? How did you learn that? You know that's the thing that first hit me. Then out of nowhere, they bring in Ben as a kid, Ben Grimm. 
And I'm like, okay, so you just made friends from chance, like, you know, out of nowhere, right? He finds them. He's like, I'm not going to beat you up kind of thing. And, you know, please don't (laughs) hurt me. And that's it. They're best friends. You know what I mean? Like, they get into an astounding situation. It's hard to buy that, you know? I am, to me, see, I didn't mind, like, the the very, very beginning of it. Them not explaining the science, I'm okay with. I can can move past that. To me, the, the movie really starts falling off. I mean, early on, once Reed gets to the Baxter building, that's when everything's just like, all right, like it's just a slow drag from there on. But that very beginning where they're kids and and where he first designs the the teleporter, I'm okay with. If 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 I was okay with that, I remember watching the movie and I was like, damn, this is actually not that bad. If the movie can, you know, and then just like 15 minutes into it, I was just like, all right, now I get it. The thing with the um, Fantastic Four is that I feel a majority of the time should be spent on the Fantastic Four. Well, let me ask you a question. Does this even feel like a Fantastic Four movie to you? Because it didn't to me. No, not at all. Not when Ben Grimm and Johnny Storm are afterthoughts. That's exactly what they are. They're like, hey, you know what? We forgot Ben and Johnny. Let's actually throw them in right now. Because that's exactly what happened. And that pissed me off so much. Um and I want to add Michael B. Jordan, who played Johnny Storm. He's like a he's a really good actor. It's just yeah, this, I love him. I love him. He's awesome. And I and I didn't mind. Um, uh, you know there was a huge uproar because he's black. I didn't care at all. I didn't care at color, all either. For the no, color of, it, of, of his skin, what bothered me was the personality. Um, you know Johnny Storm is he's a cocky, womanizing kind of jokester kind of prankster guy, and. That is not what this character was at all. In fact, everybody was kind of depressed in the movie. It was like a very depressing tone for the movie, I felt. Not only that, that, but I feel like there's little to no character development for Ben and Johnny, which are pretty big characters, you know? They're they're, they're part of the Fantastic Four. They count. there, there's, there's no character development because there's no character. Exactly, yeah. Now, the (laughs) other thing is, Ben was in a abusive environment with his brother when he was a kid, right? right and you know what right. his brother would say was, it's, it's clobbering, clobbering time. time. Stupidest idea. I don't know why they, they thought this would be a, a nice thing to bring into the movie because it just made it depressing. Oh, it's abuse. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know why he says it when he's in rock form pretty much? Oh, because he, his brother used to abuse him. That's why he's saying clobbering it's, time. I it's get really, it. It's really sad. It's like, oh man, like I'm saying, like the whole movie had a depressing tone yeah and worst part they made his character the most depressing ben's character because he wasn't involved with anything that had to do with um with richard's like you know whole evolution of uh what you of said. his he project was a, he was an afterthought yeah and, and then like, they go oh you know what i'm bringing my friend yeah because he's drunk and then they bring <laughs> him in and then he gets deformed for the rest of his life how depressing is that it's dude i like I said, I walked out of that movie like super, super depressed. And another thing, like, because you had talked about it earlier, you like, you thought the saving grace of the movie was going to be, because I remember you mentioned that they were probably putting a lot into the CGI and the visuals. The CGI kind of blew. I mean, you know what? The visuals for um, for the 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 Planet Zero. OK, they looked fine, you know, that, I mean, especially cool. to these days. But um, yeah, there's some some parts where I was just like, I, I didn't like I didn't like how Doctor Doom looked at all. I just think he looks nah. like a weird. I don't. I can't explain. He just doesn't and look it, strong. 
so I, I remember when the movie was being made, and like any other movie that that you have filming right now, especially a big movie like this, a big superhero movie, you're gonna get set photos. There were like absolutely no set photos from this movie. You know why there were no set photos from this movie? Because the entire movie was shot indoors or in front of a green screen. I'm like, surprised. Literally, yeah. Like th- there's no organic feel to the backdrops or to the sets of this movie, which is another huge issue that I had with the movie. Yeah, I think the thing for me, there's little nitpicking things here and there, like um, Grimm's voice, Ben Grimm's voice. I did not like that at all, the way they treated that. Um, also, he had no underwear, dude. He, it just he looks was, wrong. He was I don't naked. Care what says. It, it was a naked. I also felt like his height fluctuated throughout the movie. It does. It does seem like he's a little smaller in some in some he, scenes. He's really big, and then there's a scene at the end where they're all together. It's like the very last scene of the movie, and he seems like a lot shorter. So it just it wasn't it wasn't consistent, man. And and man, the the dialogue was so bad. The dialogue was horrible, and you know what? I I knew I was gonna hate this film, like hate it, when. As soon as they get their powers, you know what happens? You get a black screen, and then uh, one the, year what, later comes out. Like, who does who does that anymore? I haven't seen that in you quite some that, time, unless you, nothing is supposed to really happen in between that such, time. That's such a 90s thing. Like, who does that anymore? Like, yeah. Even look, you could probably hear rain in the background. The, the world is sad for this Fantastic Four movie that we're being yeah, rained on right now. <laughs> I will say that I liked the previous Fantastic Four films because I accept them as children films, as kid films. Like, the I would fir- take my kids and watch it. Well, I don't have them. You know, I have The first one in a, in a campy, old-school kind of way, I kind of was okay with. As that, like, it works. Yeah, I didn't like Rise of the Silver Surfer, though. But, I actually did. I did. I liked both of them, but I accepted them for the, what they were. They were not trying to be serious films. They were trying to be at, funny, happy-go-lucky films, except for the second one, which turned a little dark. At least that cast had chemistry with each other. There was very little chemistry in this cast. But they also explained the origin pretty damn well for what they went for. I feel like you had enough of each character to see how they are and who they are and what they do. Right. Right. But here you don't you don't get any of that. Like uh, even one year like, later, e- and even even here, like they they suddenly hinted at, at, at a Burgoyne relationship between Richard and and Susan, but like it just I just I didn't feel that attraction wasn't believable to me. It was kind of just there, and then I don't know. It just yeah no I didn't the- see a, I didn't feel any chemistry between yeah. them at all yeah. at all at all and then also one of the things that annoyed me about how they got their powers was that hey okay everyone had something that happened that is associated with their powers right and that's how they got their yeah that was that was a like gleam yeah but I mean that's like pretty much holding your hand and say you see yeah. he's on fire so that's he why has he can fire powers fire oh he got pelted by rocks while this energy was oozing through him that's why he's a rock dude and like yeah. uh and which, then which I, I didn't understand so here here's the other thing using that logic how what happened to reed that he can stretch yeah during See, during that, the incident nothing that's the one i didn't understand but then also even worse they Susan. transport back and sue isn't with them by the way right which so la- lame so Sue isn't anywhere near the area where they got their powers. She's in a control room waiting for them to return. As that happens, 
she just falls to the floor and they show her going invisible. Oh, she, she gets her powers. Well, that is she, called a Deus Ex Machina. She gets hit by a shockwave, and that's what. But like, it made no sense. It doesn't make any it sense. They're not even there no anymore. Sense. Like, it's just. It's literally a Deus Ex Machina. They're like, by oh the crap, way, we forgot. Let's bring this up. About, now let's talk about Sue. Sue Storm is absolutely useless in that movie. No, her powers are barely used for anything. Uh, then again, a majority the, the, of their powers the aren't used for anything. The only reason she's there, honestly, is so that in that final scene, she can use her little bubble to transport them from A to B. That is her only purpose in the movie. Okay, so none of these characters felt like superheroes to me, by the way, which is another thing I want to bring up, because there is no way in hell that someone can say this is a superhero movie, because they didn't emphasize their powers and their strengths as much as they did uh, try to push a non-existent story. You know what I mean? Like, this doesn't play off as a superhero movie, if you think about it. I felt like the studio, because the way they ended it kind of implies that the next one would be a superhero movie, but... Um, that the whole movie almost felt like a setup just for them getting their powers, which you 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 cannot do. You, I mean, if you're gonna do an origin story, maybe the first thirty minutes, if that, and then you do a a Fantastic Four movie. But this wasn't a Fantastic Four movie until the last thirty seconds of the movie. Yeah, and the thing is, Fantastic Four, like they have a, a small history oh my God, of and that. Last line was so cheesy too. I know, I know, no, no, no. I've never seen such cheese in the end of a a movie like that. Seriously, I I was like at at the level where I wanted to throw up a little bit in my mouth, like baby vomit. This was like, visually it wasn't, but like story-wise and script-wise, this was like... A disaster, man. That's all it is. It was in line with like the 90s, the bad 90s superhero movies like Batman and Robin. Like it was in line with, with those kind of movies, which is really weird because... All the superhero movies that are coming out are pretty good nowadays. So the fact that this was so bad, I don't know. It's, it's really One thing sus. they did as well, though, is that they made it so the government was sort of the enemy in a sense. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So they made it so Ben Grimm was actually a murderer. Did you know? Did you yeah. notice that he was falling? Yeah. Uh, you know, out of a helicopter, and they tell you the amount of people that died because of kill, this. Kill count forty five. Yeah, and so he's a murderer. You know what I mean? Like you but can't then he's count like, this guy. So you said, He's like there. He's like sitting, looking at the, the the at the news feed, like seeing how many people he's killed. Like obviously affecting him. Like it's it was really depressing. I know, and you know they made it so the government was the nemesis at this point. And then when they bring back Doctor Doom, they bring him back, and in an almost like impossible way. First off, um, I, I, I there's just so many. Pro- I can't even wrap my head around it. But the point is, he can He gets back. And he has, like, the powers? There's no—it doesn't tell the audience what kind of powers he has. He looks like Magneto, almost, or, you know, Pro- uh, Professor Xavier, almost. He's blowing up people, like, popping their heads. And that, he's moving and rocks around, and it's just weird. Not only that, but he's only a villain for ten minutes of the movie. Yeah, he's not—he's barely there. So it's like—it just—there there was no—the movie had no structure. It had no— um, it had no through line. It was kind of just everything was kind of just there. And there was just it was just it didn't work, man. And then, you know, what I didn't like, too, was that he's pretty much this naked Dr. Doom, right? Like he comes out from like the planet. Right. He's a part of the planet. He comes back to Earth and he says, I don't want you destroying my planet. All of a sudden it's his planet. And he's naked this whole time. And out of nowhere, he gets the cape, which I was upset about because I thought where did, it, like, where did it come from? 
I don't know. He just picked it up and wrapped it around himself like he's not okay being naked because he's he not had really it, naked. But he had it when they found him in the in in the in the in Planet Zero. So, but where did that? Because he no, didn't no, he picked that. it up on the way back. No, but he remember when when they first find him, he already has it on. He has the hood on when he's walking through this like the. Oh, the I don't dusty, know. I don't recall. Yeah. But yeah, then he, again, he even has, that's just stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like you said, the reshoots. Uh, a lot of people are saying that that was very apparent, not only because of the fact that the third act was M.I.A., but Sue had this horrible wig on, and I completely yeah. noticed it. I didn't think I would at first, but oh, you you, you could notice, and it took me out of the movie because I I remember pinpointing her hair, and I was like, damn, that that does not work. I don't know. It doesn't. It just doesn't seem to do anything for me when they reshoot and they give a, a frizzy wig to someone who doesn't have frizzy hair you know <laughs> yeah but yeah so that is sort of our disaster watch uh for fantastic four and um you know don't don't watch it i would if i to be honest i watched it i went to go watch it because of the podcast if, if we weren't going to talk about the movie, I probably would have waited for it to come out on. Uh, Dude, I tried so hard to, to save your life. I know. I know. I but I had to, I ha- once I commit, I have to finish. So, you know. Um, but, yeah, this is definitely a way to, uh, wait, wait to, till you have it at home if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Now, if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram, as well as Facebook and Google+. So check out the show description for those details as well. And finally, if you want to support the podcast and help us out, the best way is to subscribe and share. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or just manually by adding us to your favorite podcatcher through our RSS feed. To your friends, family, enemies, personal robotic butlers, anyone you can think of, we'd really, really appreciate it. We really would.